Bipetti and you're listening to Australian Survivor Archives. Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. We are moving through Season 2 of Australian Survivor swimmingly. We are getting through the episode recaps and we are getting to another interview today. So excited for this one. have to say that this is the first time that we can say we've actually had a returning guest in some capacity to this show. The backdoor pilot of Australian Survivor Archives was an episode on our sister show, The Oz Network, in which we interviewed this guest to learn a little bit about their time on Celebrity Survivor. And that kind of lit a fire, it lit a fuse in myself and my esteemed co-host to further explore the history of Australian Survivor and thus Australian Survivor Archives was born. So I am so excited to get more into this person's time on the show. And I'm not even going to introduce her because I want my esteemed colleague to do so. Because without him, we wouldn't be here. And without him and that episode, it wouldn't be a thing that we're even talking today. I'm going to start off by saying my name is Ben and I'm wearing waterproof mascara today. I love how you call me your esteemed colleague, Ben. I just, I don't know, there's something about it. This makes me feel a lot even better than I really am. But uh, <laughs> you, you're right about, oh, I should introduce myself, guys. As you know, my name's Matt Dyson. And, and Ben, you're right. I, I'm excited, Ben, because you're, you're 100% right. We've been lucky enough to uh, interview this guest prior to uh, today. And it's exactly why ASA was born. We, we, after that interview, we said, like, this is so great. Like, the stuff we learned from it, we're like, you know what, we need to start all the way back from the start and just, just work our way through the history of, of, of Australian Survivor and just find out all the stories. So um, hence why we're here today doing Season 2 Celebrity Survivor. And I'm going to introduce this guest because she is one of my favourite. You may know her as an entertainment reporter. She's been on radio. She was even a bridesmaid at a famous wedding, but we don't care about that. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about her time on Celebrity Survivor. She was the fourth boot. Of course, I talk of none other than Miss Amber Petty. Amber, welcome to the show. Hi, again. I can't believe that you had me back. <laughs> Contractually, we had to. It was kind of, you're on the list, so you uh, sort of had to come back. So yeah. yeah, well, it also gives me an opportunity this time. Um, last time we spoke, because we spoke for a long time, but I, it was, I think, a bit later in the day and I polished off a bottle of red wine and I had multiple ciggies <laughs> and I don't drink red wine anymore. I still have a few ciggies now and again. But, um, yeah, this is the more, this is the more, I'm going to be more fresh and probably less loose this time. Well, who knows? <laughs> Well, I don't need alcohol to be loose. So well, it's- one thing you do, yeah, well, you probably might need, I actually will say, Amber, I brought with me today a box of tissues. We did make you cry last time. So we've got these on hand ready to go. Okay. Just an emergency box of tissues. You know what? No, I think I'll be all right. I think, you know what? And I'm not to start on a major downer. 
But ever since my dad died a couple of years ago, I, I find that when I drink, I become a crying drunk. And do you know what? I was never like that before. Like I was like, just, I just didn't cry. And I especially didn't do drunk cries, but I just find now like I can be talking to a friend and I might've had two glasses of wine and we get onto a particular subject and I can find myself crying. And then I start laughing because I just think how pathetic I've become anyway. Wow. You took the one time I made a guest cry away from me, Amber. Thanks for that. You know, I'm going to throw these I gonna, away. I was going to say that. That's the one thing I do remember, Ben, that you said it's the first time you've ever made anyone cry on during a yeah, podcast. Moment taken away. With it. Well, what are we, three minutes into this interview? Jesus, hey, Amber, why, why are you back? Amber, I'll, I'll let you know, he tries to make me cry every episode by telling me how shit of a survivor player I am. So, I mean, he Doesn't tries to. Much. He hasn't been successful yet, but... <laughs> No, be very stoic and just rise above whatever crap it gives you. Again, you're, you're he made the game. He made it. That's all he has to say. He's at like, at least I made it and I'm shut down like yeah. instantly. I <laughs> See, I appreciate that you thought I had played last time, Amber. You kept saying in that interview like, oh, Ben, when, how did you go when you played? I'm like, oh, yeah, I won. Yeah, I'm, I'm regarded as the best Australian survivor player of all time. That's me. <laughs> you know, but, well, I'm sure I said probably multiple times last time that – yeah, I may have actually physically played the game myself, but I never watched Survivor. I couldn't think of anything worse. I don't like the show. Neither does anyone listening to this. That's why they listen to Australian Survivor Arc. I don't know what they're listening to. Yeah, I've, I've defended every person that's going to listen to this. Sorry, everyone. I'm not saying you're, there's anything wrong with me. I just don't like it. It's... You know, I didn't. I didn't like watching. I, I didn't like watching the things that I ended up doing, and I didn't like doing the things I ended up watching myself back doing. Anyway. Well, Amber, hopefully by the by the end of this interview, you're chanting "most so, most so, most so." <laughs> <laughs> I might need a drink if I, if I do. It's probably because I've ended up going and getting a bottle of red wine. I think you need. We need to get that emergency. You know, bugger the tissues. We need like this emergency wine ready to go. I actually, I will say though, one thing that did stay with me since your last time uh, talking to us, Amber. You said you you, and I've got this written down word for word. You said to Matt and I, "You are the cutest." I like you too. And I have to say, nicest thing anyone's ever said to Matt and I since we've uh, been, you know, recording together. So, uh, you know, lots of like David Oldfield's not going to be saying that in a few weeks' time. So you can hold the candle over David Seal after all these years. Um, David Oldfield reached out to me on social media recently. Out okay. of like, it must have been because you've been, you've, you've put a rocket of nostalgia up his bottom. Yeah, wow. What did he say? What does Mr. Oldfield say? Oh, not much. Just sort of a, hi, Amber, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, bloody hell, it's David. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, I remember him. He stabbed yeah. me in the back. He broke his word. Screw him. Oh, there's that guy that I slept with one night in wet sand with three other guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one time. No, yeah. I'd say that about, well, <laughs> I was gonna, three guys. I was going to say, though, if you're going to spend your last night on a Vanuatu beach playing Survivor. I mean, who else better than David Oldfield, Elton Flatley, and, of course, Justin Melby? I mean, what a trio. Well, I could come up with three or four more names. (laughs) 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 If you want, but let's stick to the the stars of this one. Yes, you're right, Matt. Yes. Amazing, amazing. In in our chat, 
um, last time, you know, you sort of went over a little bit on, on how you got on the show. And I sort of, you know, it was a great story kind of learning and, and everything that made you, you accept. I don't think we really want to go too much over that. If people want to hear sort of that full story, by all means, listen to the interview that we did with Amber over on, on the Oz Network. But I'd, I'd love to remember, do you, do you remember the journey to Vanuatu at all? Do you remember kind of seeing other players? Like, had, were you familiar with some of these guys? Had you bumped into them through your career, sort of that and sort of stuff? And what were you thinking about some of the people that you were going to be playing Survivor with? Yeah, um, good question. I don't think I knew any of them. I mean, of course I knew of some of them. I knew of Jim, Imogen, Imogen Bailey. Um, of course I knew who Guy was. Um didn't know much about Gabrielle Richens, knew that Wayne was incredibly successful, although not that I was a mad sort of motorcycle racing um, person, but I knew that he was very successful and very internationally successful. Um, David Oldfield, of course, I did know about because I wasn't a major fan of his or Pauline's. Um, (laughs) um, Elton I didn't know anything about. But I, but I do remember um, on the plane, it was interesting because I felt Imogen was very reserved and I, because we obviously, we ended up quite close, but my initial hesitations about everybody in the bunch was about Imogen, I have to say, um, because I just saw her as she was very beautiful, very perfect, and I knew her job was all about everything being perfect. And I never sort of felt like that kind of perfect girl. And and a part of me also didn't really want to. Like I just sort of like I'm a bit like vanity. I mean, you know, it's not really something I want to focus on too much. So and also she probably made me a bit nervous on that. In that you know, just she'd expose me kind of for being a little bit more rough around the edges. But I did end up having probably the longest chat with Wayne Gardner and um, I think we really kind of like bonded nicely. I, I thought he was very smart. I thought he was a very nice, very humble guy and um, we kind of had a bit of a similar sense of humour. So my memories was really bonding and being surprised that of everybody it was sort of Wayne and I that I, you know, enjoyed the most. Yeah, because that so that was prior to starting the game, was it? That's on that's on the flight over to Vanuatu. Yeah. Yes, because we didn't. Yeah, so we kind of like met at the airport, and I yeah. didn't know these people, um, and also I did, you know, and, and obviously we're going to talk about how I ended up on the show. I definitely knew that um, I was the last person in. I probably very much felt like I was the um, one person that was the afterthought you know i felt probably the well not probably 100 percent the least one more and we'll get to him don't worry okay um but yeah i yeah i probably just sort of felt like the kind of um the poor the poor cousin of these bunch of sort of celebrities or you know that did you did, were you aware that Dicko was the host at that point? And I mean, I'm sure you, in you, based on your career, you surely would have crossed paths with Dicko leading up into that. No, I really hadn't because um, because I hadn't done radio, so I wasn't really in that world. Um, so I hadn't come across. I mean, obviously, Dicko was on. You know, was pretty at the height of his sort of fame. I think even you know before mm. that. So I was aware of him, but. I don't really remember kind of like ever meeting him. So, no, Dicko wasn't something I knew about either or, you know, I hadn't met. 
What, what, what was your thoughts then when you, you're out there and you're realizing that he's Dicko, the, the host of Survivor? And, and I mean, do you have any memories of kind of some fun with Dicko out there? Definitely. Um, I think it's funny because I think even though Dicko is very expressive and, you know, he's got a big personality, I think from what I kind of have learnt about him and I felt like I picked that up pretty early on that actually he, you know, he might have a lot of bravado and, you know, he, he might kind of look like he's sort of keen on himself or confident sometimes. But actually my take on him was that I think he felt very much like he wasn't worthy of that role. Um, I think he felt sort of very blessed to have that role. Um, he was very, very humble and and really, you know, he was really lovely. And I don't know, I think he was on a bit of a personal journey at the same time. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I, I guess my take on him, because we, because once we were on the island or before we started or after we started, you know, we went to a couple of local bars and Dicko was sort of always there, you know, you know, sort of just there and having a, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a party boy or he was, you know, he likes people. Um, and he just always seemed very, very humble. And I don't, I don't know, there was something that I felt that, you know, in terms of my sense of feeling a little bit unworthy, I felt like there was something I could, I could connect with with Dicko, even though, of course, you know, in terms of media, he was certainly very successful and had no reason to doubt himself. But he definitely, I think it was a big thing for him to be part of such a big brand being Survivor. One thing I want to, I'm going to hold this up to the camera right now for our uh, our viewers on YouTube and also we'll share this on our social media, probably have during the week. One of these images I tracked down when, when you search for Amber Petty is a picture of, of you and Dicko and it's also actually uh, Holly Brisley, I believe, is the other one there. You're at, a, at an event here. Do you, do you remember this picture at all? Do you remember this event? Um, I don't remember the event, but... Um but no, no, I don't. <laughs> I think it's, it's it's saying here that it's from the TV turns fifty photo call. So I don't know if this was a round celebrity survivor or this is kind of you know you were there because you were on the show with him or just you happened to be there and it was a coincidence that there you are with the guy yeah. with bossing you around. I don't know. Um, uh, are you alleging that Dicko and I had an affair? Of course I am, Amber. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. I thought we'd managed to get most of that removed from the internet, but um, you've obviously found a, you've obviously found a rogue shot. We we'll <laughs> do our research here at ASA. <laughs> it, de- it depends on how much wine was getting drunk at this bar, and you said. <laughs> well, I can I can tell you back in those days, I, I did I did tend to if I went to an event like that, I did tend to need to have, and sometimes more champagne than I needed to get my. Uh, energy up and my kind of confidence up um but no I think um at that time because obviously I think you know he was signed to channel seven and you know we were you know it's like the you know the married at first sight or whatever you know whatever the latest thing that you know a, a network has invested in you know they invite you to certain things and then at some point all the invitations stop coming so um whatever that was i do remember a a, a big a big night in fact i don't remember wearing that but i do remember being invited it was either the same thing or another night although i think this other night was actually much more dressy but i sat on the same table as chris hemsworth um and god what a nice bloke he is wow just name drop an amber. I like this. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, if you 
you can drop it. If you Absolutely. Can it. That was home and away, Chris Hemsworth, right? I go down to get a bottle of milk and I'll manage to weave that into the <laughs> bottle. That's not like Jack this fan was with bloody Chris Hemsworth. Let, let's be honest, Anna, though. He's not as cute as a couple of ASA podcast hosts here. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Did you, did, you didn't didn't call him the cutest and that you like him, did you? See in your face, Chris Hemsworth, no, no. Thor. No, I don't know if I'm going to get. You did actually tell us on on your um last interview, Amber, that you did uh, maybe have a bit of a relationship with one of the production crew. So I'm, it's Dico. You finally confirmed it. It is Dico. I'm thinking, Jesus, what did I say? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I did. <laughs> but no, it wasn't Dico. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know whether you were a home and away girl, but what what was it like when you when you get to the Vanuatu and of course Nicole Dixon being? But did you know like obviously she was so famous for playing Bobby in Home and Away? Um, but it sounds like maybe you weren't a home and away person. No, I can't stand. Oh, okay. I I don't I I don't. <laughs> that was the best. Say it. Finish it. You've started. You may as well I finish it. Like a broader statement than I am now going to. I'm not interested in. Um, the home and aways or neighbours or that Australian kind of like suburban stuff. I just don't find it interesting. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in the burbs. Like I don't need to go and watch the burbs. Um, so, um, no, but of course I knew who Nicole was because she'd been on the show for so long and she was so likeable and she's, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, if you want to sort of, you know, you would describe her as a sort of iconic TV, you know, um, uh, what do we call it? Drama? Yeah, soapy. Soapy, soapy. soapy. yeah. yeah. And um, she was just uh, instantly, like, there was just not, like, someone that's been famous and in the public eye for as long as Nicole has, um, there's every chance. I mean, I've met a lot of celebrities. I worked in the music industry. And, you know, there is the chance that a lot of them can be, you know, a bit, you know, they've, they've, they've had a lot of people telling them they're fantastic. They lived in a real bubble. You know, people come up to them all the time. But she was just so humble and just the most normal and sweet and gorgeous and funny and decent humans. I just adore her. I wish I had have stayed in touch with her. She's just gorgeous. We, we on our first season coverage, there was a player called Lance and we basically called him the nicest man in the world. We've, we've dubbed Nicole the female mm. Lance. She's basically yeah. the nicest female on the planet. And the the opening episode, there's a great scene. We shared it on our social media. I think from memory you commented on it where it was you and her searching for water and basically you're going, oh, here we are looking for Mount Franklin. Of course, this is the this is the water. Here it is right there in front of you. I mean, do you remember sort of like those moments when you're out there trying to search for this and, uh, you know, you're getting to bond with her at that moment? You guys have just unearthed the greatest stuff and memories that I have so forgotten about that when I see your feed and your Insta stories coming up, I'm like, oh my God, what have they found now? And that was, yeah, I had forgotten about that moment where, yeah, like it was must have been the first day or two and, you know, supposedly we're going off to look for water. And literally in my mind, I just thought, oh, we're on this island. There must be this massive mountain somewhere, or at least a mountain, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I'm looking, you know, I kept just sort of looking up and I'm like, there's nothing really sort of rising above any of these, you know, trees. And then, of course, we get to this piss-weak little, you know, creek or trickle <laughs> of something. And then Nicole sort of, yeah, brought it to my attention. like, well, hang on, maybe this is it. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, everything has been a disappointment so far. Of course that's it. And, yes, I did make And I was waiting for a sponsorship from Mount Franklin Water after Didn't that. Didn't come? 
didn't come I, sadly. They must have got they must have got a digit wrong in my number because no, never. Damn it. Amber, I thought you must have been getting a sponsorship with like um, mascara because, of course, that was your luxury item. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's still my luxury item. <laughs> well, well, we're glad that you brought it for this episode. Let's just now, let's point that way. Did well, you and Nicole do some at, like promotions? For, was it was it you that for Olay effects and stuff? Was no, it? Oh, we did. Yes. Oh, my God, I wish you'd stop doing your research. <laughs> <laughs> Because, oh, my God, we did too. Please don't find that and post that. I was going to ask you if you had a copy because we can't find it. We, we want it. You know what? I blocked that out because um, because part of the ad was to come on all fresh-faced. I'm like, oh, can we get over this fresh-faced crap? You know, <laughs> stop it. You know, they must have offered me some money. So I said, oh, God, I guess everyone knows how basic I can look. So, you know. <laughs> Let's take the money and run and then just delete it from our memories. So, yes, you're right. We did get offered a few things. It was funny. After the show, Imogen, Nicole and I did quite a few things. We did some really nice photo shoots and, you know, um, yeah, we got a bit of stuff together, I think, just because we had our nice little girly friendship. Wow, we got so much digging. We we had it. There was a player last season who revealed that he had been on Wheel of Fortune, that he had been in KFC ads, and and these are things that our research department here at ASAS you're trying to uncover. So we've got more to find. Like we, you were our last hope for this, but clearly you want to block it out. So now we have to find it even more. But Ben, I'm I'm busy trying to track down Ben Wynn, so you're, yeah, well. you're going to have to cut cut me some slack here. <laughs> Yeah. See, I guarantee you, if Anna Kornikova had been on and we were talking to Anna Kornikova right now, I mean, you know, we'd have plenty of ads to show show about her, wouldn't we? You, you, you would, but, you know, she wouldn't be a lot of things that I'm going to be. Amber, you did, you did mention before about taking the money and run. So, I mean, we have to talk about this, obviously, about you getting on the show. Um, you know, it's such a, a fantastic story. Uh, and to think that you could have maybe not been a part of it would have been an absolute shame for the show because I think you were brilliant on the show. But... We did speak to David Mason about it, but if you can just tell our listeners again about what actually went down with you getting on the show, then almost not getting on the show, and then obviously ending up there. Okay, so this is my memory of it, and you've got to remember that obviously this was a long, a long uh, time ago. But essentially, I was called. I had a manager called Mark Clemens, who you know managed much, lots of much bigger celebrities than me. And he called me one day and he said, we've had an offer and some interest in you to be on Celebrity Survivor. And I'm like, what? But I don't, I'm not really a celebrity. He's like, well, no, 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 no. You know, some people think you are. And they said, you know, the producers of this uh, show certainly think you are. Um, and I said, right, okay, but I'm not going on as like the royal bridesmaid. So you got like, that's just a non, that's not happening. And, and he said, that's fine. We can call you an entertainment reporter and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so... I kind of said I'm really going to have to ha think about this because, you know, I was just, I just thought, oh, I'm going to get so bagged, you know, like doing something where I'm saying I'm a celebrity. Um, so I was really worried about that. And, of course, you know, I, I knew that the bigger part of my uh, public persona was, you know, um, being known as being in, in a royal black bride, as a royal bridesmaid in, in a wedding. And so I just kind of, you know, I was very insecure and, you know, I'd copped a lot of crap in the, in the press. So I was really kind of aware that, um, you know, I'd be walking into more, you know, bad press or just, you know, stuff that was difficult. So, and plus I just thought, 
as I said, I don't like this show. I don't do outdoors and just roughing it and shit and, you know, and I don't do bloody water sports. I don't do any of that stuff. So there's there's pretty much nothing about this show that I want to do. <laughs> Except I would like some money. <laughs> like, that's, that's fair enough. Point. Yep. I'm trying to be honest here. Um, and um, anyway, <laughs> so I literally said, uh, for, in my memory, I, I took, you know, however long. Like it feels like a week to think about it. And then I finally, like literally, I don't think I slept for the whole time I was thinking about it. And I had to go back to my manager and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. But can you just get the best price? And um, I, I can't remember if I, you know, said anything else. And he said, yep, yeah, no problem. So then I kind of clicked into, okay, this is happening. And, you know, I just, you know, be beginning, beginning that kind of like coaching myself through it, you know, the anxieties, the flashes of just, you know, everyone hating me and all of this awful stuff, drowning. And then literally, and again, my memory, two days or a day before i'm i'm literally packed i'm packed i'm staying at a friend's place at the time i'm packed to go to this bloody thing i've got my mascara as my one item i've got all of these sort of things you know check i had the checklist the contract and then my manager rings me and says oh sorry um oh no that's right hang on that's right the reason why i'd been invited that's right. The reason why I've been invited on the show was because Anna Kornikova was supposed to be coming and then something had happened personal and so she had um, decided that she didn't want to do it. So this is only a couple of weeks out from the show. So then I've gone, oh, okay. So then all of that unfolded. Then, yeah, as uh, after I'm like packed and everything and I'm ready like, you know, to fly out in a, in a day or two, um, the manager rings me back and says, Anna Kornikova um, is now back on. And so you don't need to go. And I'm like, are you like, I have just torn myself apart internally trying to get myself psyched up for this. And now you're telling me that, you know, sorry, this must be a week out. You're telling me that it was all for nothing. And I was so pissed off and I was hurt and I did feel quite discarded. Um, but then of course, 24 hours before the stinking, you know, flight was due to take off, um, she apparently doesn't turn up at the airport or something at her end. And so the manager rings me back and says, right, they, 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 they want you back. And I went, what a bunch of wankers. Like, <laughs> seriously. And I said, well, you go and get lots more money from them because this shit's <laughs> I love it. I hadn't, I hadn't even, I said, lucky I haven't even unpacked because I've been so pissed off. <laughs> And, and I just said, well, if you can come back to me with a much better offer, um, I might as well do it because I haven't even outsunk myself <laughs> out of, you know, doing it. I'm just in rage at the moment, so we might as well just bloody well go. So I, think was you got, I think you got more money than Fiona from what we've yeah. done with. And I think even Kim Johnson, I can't remember what Kim said. We've been asking. We, we've, kept our, we've kept our promise to you. We're, we're asking everyone. And uh, yeah. I, I definitely know you got more than what... Fiona mm. told us that she. I got, think so. from memory, from from your original interview, I think what you were going to get at the start was was basically around what everyone else or from the people we've spoken to were going to get. So you yeah. did end up obviously because of that happened, they chucked on a bit of extra, yeah. a, a bit of a sweetener, a bit of a Anaconda sweetener. Cover money. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Anna Cornacova was going to get the same as everyone collectively, um, but yes, 
Um, yes. Well, isn't that beautiful? The least celebrity ends up with the best money. <laughs> so Ben Wynn must have gotten like a hundred grand. Oh, Ben Wynn. Ben Wynn would have got hundred dollars. He probably had to pay a hundred dollars. He had to pay a hundred dollars. Okay. So Amber, so we, we we've interviewed David Mason. He was the first interview of our season this year, and of course we asked him about the Anna Kornikova situation. So we basically got to the bottom of it. So what he said is, you're right in the fact that. Um, they were wanting her on the show. They were looking for like a really big name to be on the show. Obviously, an overseas person. Um, everyone obviously knew who Anna Kornikova was. Um, you know, obviously being extremely good looking tennis player, all that. I think it, I think it was it was not them saying it's comparable. It's all right. As, as I think I told you last time, my dad said I'd bump you for Anna Kornikova. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Me too, Daddy. <laughs> There's only one problem, though. She only wanted to be in three episodes. So the deal was, yes, so you're probably hearing this for the first time, Amber. So the deal was they were going to pay her a crap load of money, but she would only do three episodes. She would be voted out and go home and get her payday. And in the end, um, they just couldn't justify that. And that was their that was their reasoning for not going with her in the end is that they needed her for more than three episodes. Obviously, they would have had to do a dodgy to make out that she only lasts three and then get her voted out. And that was going to not be with the show. So in the end, that's why. So she wasn't prepared to do the whole season. So it wasn't. So, oh, oh yeah. Okay. So what we're having confirmed here is that I was lied to, um, uh, which wasn't the first time I'd been lied to by this particular manager I speak about. Um, and interesting, but also completely unethical. And I would, I am very surprised I would be surprised to know, let's say, that Mark Burnett would have known that they were making those kind of those kind of little dodgies because from my understanding, Mark Burnett and his team were very, very concerned about the brand staying with the integrity of the brand. And that's, there's no integrity in that. Well, I think in, in all fairness to, to David Mason, I think in the end that's why he didn't do it is because um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't want to take it to that because, you know, it would have brought the game into disrepute, I guess, you know, the fact that we can't just have someone that's, you know, deliberately getting voted out yeah, just because she wants right. to get. So in the end, in credit to David that he did end up nipping it in the bud and saying, oh, well, no, we, we can't have this. And obviously you were prepared to, to be there for the whole show. And look, and in the end, we're, we're happy that that all happened because we got you on the show. But, um, but. Like David um, must have been excited in the end though. Like going, but you know what? Like, it, you know, we got to have the petty in the end. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> Well, I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been bloody Ben Wynn. Oh, wait, he was on the show. Um, so. what, what, do you know what happened with Ben? Do you know the Ben Wynn story, Amber, why he was on the show? What, what, what was he actually doing on Celebrity Survivor? I don't remember. I just, um, because it was a little bit like this dual existence where there was one side of the island and then there was this other, and then there was our side of the island. So, no, I never really understood what he was. I just remember he was like an SAS guy. He was big and buffy, and I thought, well, shit, he's going to bloody, you know, he could probably build a, you know, a hotel on this island. So this would be nice if he ends up on our team. And then suddenly he was gone. I didn't understand it, no. So had you, like, did you see him prior to the game starting or was it not until that challenge where he was the reward part of the challenge and that's the first time that you'd actually seen him? 
I, to be honest, I can't be sure about that. Mm. I, you know, I, I vaguely remember seeing him and I can't remember that whether that was on or off the show. Mm. I mean, obviously, I know you never actually played with him because he only lasted the one episode and he was on Kakula. But, yeah, it's just, look, yeah. we're still trying to track it down. Obviously, um, we're just trying to get to the bottom of that, as we did with the Anna Kornikova story. But uh, awesome we still- found out about that. I love that. I, I would love to talk about Fiona because um, we know you two had your moments on the show and I don't think we really covered it last time we spoke to you. But we, we've spoken to Fiona since... Uh, we last spoke to you. And, and Fiona actually was nothing but complimentary to you, Amber. And Fiona said that she had a great relationship with you and that she she enjoyed her her time with you. Um, can you back that up? Do you feel the same for Fiona? I mean, do you was there a little bit more to it out there or was it did it just come down to the edit that they just showed the worst bits between you two that maybe you two actually did get along and it was just was the conflict was shown to create some good television? Well, to be honest, like just going back a bit in terms of like, um, you know, you asked before about did I know about the celebrities and 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 um, and I I should have mentioned about Fiona because to, to be honest, I mean she was actually uh, the most impressive to me in terms of me knowing her a few years before or. or 10 years before, because I used to work in the music industry. So she used to obviously have her band Def FX. Yeah. And she also used to go out with the lead singer of the Mavises. Mm. Well, there's a name that hasn't been mentioned since 1999, the Mavises. There's our closing song, man. I think we need to track down a Mavises song and play the, wow. They were beautiful. They were. uh, They were, yeah, really quirky you know, interesting music and just cry. Enough. Was that song "Cry"? Sorry to interrupt you, but was that <laughs> like, "Let Me On a Yeah, that, that, that's our closing song. Sorry, yeah. wow, last yeah. one passed. I feel really awkward here. I have no idea what band you're talking about. My sister loved them. My sister was like in love with them, so she used to play that song to death. Yeah, yeah. No, they were big in the early '90s, mm. but but anyway, so. Um, I just remember, I mean, obviously I was aware of Fiona and, and, and there wasn't a lot of, um, I mean, it's still, you know, surprisingly difficult, I think, or, or, or it certainly was difficult for female leads of bands to be taken seriously with their music and whatever. So I was, I remember her, I mean, she was unbelievably sexy. Like they had the, the un- incredible body, it was very beautiful. And she was the lead singer and played guitar and she was a proper, proper rock chick. Or, or you know, she didn't even need to put chick next to it, you know, or, yeah. a, a proper lead rock, you know, rock star. And so I'd always thought she was amazing. And I remember being at um, probably the big day out or something and seeing her there, or maybe it was a Mavis's gig, but, you know, seeing her there with, you know, Matt from the Mavis's who was her boyfriend. And I, so I was very, very impressed with her. I thought she was super, super cool. So I obviously hadn't forgotten that once we were doing Survivor. So I went, but also what I liked about Fiona is that, you know, I'm, you know, very interested in witchcraft and um, and she was obviously way ahead of me in, in, in doing that and, and obviously being that and living that and becoming sort of famous, you know, for being a white witch. So there was, you know, the rock star and the, the witchcraft to me is a lot of, really who you know how what, what i'm interested in what i'm about as, as myself but it, but obviously i was um it was sort of before i you know got into the the spiritual and the witchcraft so 
In terms of us, um, we did get on on the show for sure. Where I was, where I was just a bit sort of challenged and 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 second guessed our relationship was when she took me for a walk to go down to uh, you know um, the the one of the creeks or something. And she sort of suggested, oh, maybe we should sort of, you know, get in there sort of a bit sort of like um, uh, sirens or, you know, like the, you know, get our tops off and get in. And of course, you know, I mean, as if that's not going to end up on the, you know, an episode and a promo. I mean, nothing by that stage had really happened. I felt like, Jesus, they're going to be pushing mm. shit up hill, creating a TV mm. show from what seems to be going on around us, just going... I can't fish. I can't do this. You know, food. <laughs> you know, this, what are we getting? You know, how do that we? That one do clip this? of you about wanting food. What do I have to do around here to get some food? They play that oh, about twenty times. That's because that's what I was doing twenty four seven. I mean, <laughs> that's all that was going on. So when I went down there and she suggested that, I could sense that she knew how to work it. You know, in terms of getting coverage. And I might have been wrong. And now that I look back on it, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I was judging her that in a way that might not have been fair. But I felt like she took the weakest link that wouldn't really know what she was up to and, and might have been a bit naive. And so I felt a little bit kind of like, you know, you're treating me a bit like a dickhead here. So that was sort of one area that I was um, not happy about. Um, and then, then there was an incident where she was, look, she was a bit the sort of the, you know, she was a little bit older than me and I was probably the second eldest from memory. And so she was a bit of that sort of mother Henny type in that, you know, I remember her waking us up at like five, no, it wouldn't have been five, that was bloody asleep in, you know, some ungodly hour to start having a crack at who's not covering up the fruit or something in the fruit, fruit flies. Yeah. I just thought, oh, shit, give me a break. I've had about four minutes sleep. Do I give a shit about fruit flies or who hasn't covered the fruit? So there was sort of a moment where she was pushing, yeah, she was pushing my patience. Um, but then, of course, um, I ended up being the one to sort of vote her off, which came as a surprise. And to be quite honest, I felt very bad about that. And I have always felt that she probably held some anim a lot of animosity for me because I cut short her experience. And I, and I felt that she was, like the others, and I'm not just saying her, like many of the others, really wanting every second of this new ignited experience but also opportunity for fame again. So I thought that that would have cut very deeply. But, you know, hearing that she hasn't sort of slagged me off, I probably should know better because actually, you know, with all her stuff, you know, with all her kind of spirituality and her white witch beliefs, I should know better that she wouldn't carry stuff like that and she'd probably see me more for what I am. So, it's you know. It's really interesting to hear that because, um, you know, she mentioned that she was very upset that she was voted out, you know, she, she took it hard and, and all that sort of stuff. But it... it I kind of want to take this moment to say how well I think the season is edited, even more so now, particularly hearing you, Amber, say that you're thinking at this point, shit, they've got not got a show here. I mean, we've been nothing but complimentary in the first four episodes about how well this season is edited, particularly the way they took these very brief moments between you and Fiona and turn mm. it into basically a, a strong enough edit to give you a reason to vote her out. Mm. And yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting to hear the truth behind from both of you that, 
Yeah. Really, there wasn't a whole lot there because from memory serves me right. There was also a lot in in the press, wasn't there? Like new idea, all these sort of people were saying that you were all against Fiona and that you hated her, and like there was, wasn't there a lot of press at the time, basically in the gossip mags about your relationship that you two hated yeah. each other. Um, yeah, I think they did definitely make a big deal about it. Look, I do, you know, also remember probably. Um, there was sort of a little bit of a collective feel that, you know, and look, I can't remember specifics, but I do remember that Fiona wasn't seeing things quite like we were. And so for that, and because it was sort of, you know, it wasn't the easiest of circumstances, I feel that she might have um, sort of tired us a little bit that, you know, if you really want to say, oh, was it, you know, who was the sort of black sheep of the camp? For for a little while there, it probably was her. But, you know, also, you know, like I'm a very expressive person and I use a lot of analogies and, and you know, I can, I, you know, I also use some language that sounds more dramatic than it actually is. And I quite like that because I think it's, you know, gives a sense of ridiculous so you know me saying something about heads will roll you know sounds like quite a threat (laughs) (laughs) and I said that in relation to something that Fiona did um you know which of course I wasn't trying to say something specifically that would end up in a promo but as I as I said you know it, it to me it felt like it was a little bit boring at times and then of course if one comes out and says you know they're pissed off and heads will roll Naturally, I see that they will pluck that. <laughs> With that vote for Fiona, we see just before tribal that um, that David Oldfield and, and Elton take you into the bush, obviously, to have a chat to you about about voting Fiona off. Um, oh. You know, David Oldfield. He, especially out of those two, he seemed to be the one that was really coming up with the ideas. He was really keen to stay. He really wanted to play this game. But do you remember when they took you into the bush? Like, did they have to try very hard to get you to vote for Fiona or was it a, basically a done deal when they said that they were going to vote for her? Um, yeah, actually, uh, you know, you, as I think I said last time we chatted, there's, there's when you ask certain questions, of course, there's memories that just mm-hmm. pop up that I, I would that are not just sort of sitting there for me to access. But yes, I do remember that. I guess what you've got to remember is um, um, I didn't really know. I hadn't spent a lot of time with David or Elton. Um, and obviously David, uh, you know, he knows how to play politics and Elton wasn't, you know, was very much a sort of a little bit of a neutral personality. Mm. So when they took me in there and did this, look, you know, here's what's going to make for a, a more pleasant experience. Because to be honest, my whole game plan at the time was just how can we make today more pleasant than yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just bullshit. I mean, I was so hopeless. And, you know, like, like you know, everyone else is gunning in their mind. Not probably not people like Nicole and, you know, a couple of people. She was probably a bit more like me and that's like, oh, we'll see what happens. But, but yes, in my mind it was a little bit more like how can we remove some angst from, the you know, what will be the next 24 hours. And, of course, that it was so it, it felt like an easy sell because there'd been a couple of days of, you know, unrest with Fiona Um and um, and I was feeling a little bit kind of uh, claustrophobic in that situation. So very quickly that made me kind of go, okay, well, if someone's got to go, I don't have a big enough reason for you to go, David, you, Elton. And, of course, I thought Justin Melvy was my mate and <laughs> that was 
one of my biggest mistakes. Well, as you called him last time, a very basic actor. I've made sure to write that down as a, as a quote. But uh, you yeah, know. well, look, I will. Um, I won't blame the red wine on that. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, look, all I know, look, I probably don't know enough about his body of work. And again, like he obviously did very well on Home and Away, and and that wasn't my thing. So the only thing that I'd sort of seen is a couple of clips of General Hospital, and everyone's. <laughs> like a shit actor on that. And I just remember looking across the fire and seeing him pull a couple of those, you know, those bloody uh, general hospital or days of our lives faces. And I just went, oh, my God, he's doing that for airtime. Like the smoke was coming up. He was prodding the fire. He's keeping his girls warm. And I just thought, Oh, wow. Can, can I think, for? and this is definitely one for our video people right now, if you're listening to this on our audio one, please go to YouTube right now. But can we all give, like, this Justin Melby General Hospital, like, the whole, like, you know, look at lock off, like, you know, yeah. Amber, you're going to live, but my cousins come back and they've got AIDS, like, staring in there, Matt. Oh, there it is. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I'm, I'm in t- like, wow, you've got this. You yeah. hang out with Justin Melby too much. It's like I'm in my own world, but I'm not. I'm locked and loaded. I'm aware that my eyes are starting to water and I've got to hang on if I want my moment. You do. You know? it's, it's that intense. It <laughs> you know, because we're going to have break after that, folks. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'd, l- I'd love to just backtrack a little bit, like in terms of like, obviously Fiona goes, that's after the, the swap. And, you know, ultimately you side, as we said, with Elton and David uh, and, yeah. you know, poor subpar actor, very basic actor, Justin Melvey's off, you know, by himself. If I always like to play a hypothetical, and again, you might not remember this, so by all means, tell tell me if you don't, but most of lose the first challenge, Kim Johnson goes home. She essentially votes for herself. It's it's a 6 nothing vote. Had Mosso lost the next challenge, Imogen was a potential target in that first one, but ultimately went to Kim. Fiona was making some waves. Do you believe that Fiona would have gone next had you stayed as the girls or do you think Imogen still would have been in trouble as as the next person to go? Um, oh, God, now you now I'm required to remember a lot more about the game <laughs> tactics than I remember. So, look, what I will say is it would have been interesting if Fiona had stayed and gone up more against Imogen because... Mm. Imogen mm. is a real thick, deep thinker. Um, she's very determined. Um, she can. She's smart enough to be strategic. So she really kind of like. I think there was. I, I don't think Imogen was in any way a threat for quite a long way until a point, and then she knew. Then she knew she could sniff that that moment, and she really seized it in the, in a superstar way. But. Fiona's determination and also, I mean, I don't know, maybe she might have been better with reading the boys and playing them because she's probably a pretty intuitive person, you know, on the whole. I think she got a bit distracted with the cameras and stuff. But, um, look, I don't know. Anything to do with tactics and those those details and remembering. We'll scrap all those questions, Anne. It's all good. That that cuts half the questions. It's, it's, it's pretty right. Yeah, pretty- um, one thing I will say, though, about Imogen is um, be careful how you're – she's Queen Imogen on this show. And so I know you were dubbed Queen Amber out there on Vanuatu. Uh, we, you know, we discussed that last week that uh, you were referred to. But I, I didn't – like, you've kind of got the royal connection. I get it. But no, sorry. Imogen, Queen Imogen. Just just be careful oh, how yeah. you refer to her. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. She um, 
she was a superstar on it. She was amazing. And for a little pint-sized little rocket, um, yeah, 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 she was queen of the island in the end for sure. One, one follow-up to what I also have to ask, I mentioned Kim Johnson, of course, before. We had her on a couple of weeks ago and her luxury item was a like a thousand thread sheet and she, it was left behind and she's trying to, one of our jobs, it, we've got two mysteries that we're going to say, well, three, Ben Wynn. Um, we'll get to the other mystery, but do you remember like what happened to that sheet? Did you guys hang on to it? Like, do you remember kind of the, the journey of that sheet after Kim left? The journey of that sheet. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the journey of that sheet. I uh, only remember uh, the opening scene of that sheet because I do remember distinctly that she brought that because, of course, I was sort of very quickly, you know, red-faced having to admit that I bought this bloody mascara and, of course, she bought the sheet and someone and Imogen bought this, you know, flick knife and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I, yeah, I remember making some lame-ass joke to sort of try and, you know, kind of like excuse myself and saying, oh, you know, you can use my mascara, you know, upright and we can make a tent from Kim's sheet and, you know, of course, that fell on deaf ears. So I don't know what happened to that sheet. Well, it was actually it was a funny story. So Kim told us that yeah, she, um, she obviously she brought this sheet that she was going to wrap herself up, try to keep herself warm, and then like on day one, Fiona being Fiona, she's just like, oh great, we can lie on that, takes it off her, puts it down, and everyone lies on. But she said throughout the show, like it it obviously stayed on there. Yeah, and it was just a bit of a running joke of whatever happened to the at the thousand thread Egyptian cotton sheet that she. Yeah. Well, I reckon. Did you ask Fiona? Don't know if we did. We failed at our job there, didn't we, Matt? It did. Jeez. You are reminding me. Um, yeah, it was. It was unfortunately, I think um, Fiona's um, what we perceived as a bit of bossiness. That um, that that the, yeah. So you're reminding me with all of that. We're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's the sort of shadow side of you know. Uh, you know, I don't know what star sign she is, but she's you know could be an Aries or a, or a Leo or a fire sign like. Yeah, I am. And I think, um, you know, that, that there is a real upsides for a woman like that. It's very warrior, but on the other side, some people can perceive it as bossy. And, and I think that's where um, that sort of landed. But um, <laughs> I don't know about the sheep. We'll find out. We're, we're, we've still got plenty more to, to cover with that one. Do you, do you remember with the challenges? Uh, we had fun last week um, with the Weekend at Bernie's Challenge, the Weekend at Amber's Challenge, when you're getting dragged through all the obstacles in the in the ocean. We had I, I had a lot of fun putting our graphic together last week uh, with the Weekend at Bernie's reference. Do you do you remember that challenge getting dragged around? Um, I so was that a challenge where in the water? You remember? Could, well, I just I I remember feeling like Weekend at Bernie's. Um, <laughs> you know, most of the time because anything to do with the water. You know, I was honestly trying not to die, or I think there was a few times where I had actually died. Um, so, but no, what, what was you, it? You, you were attached to like the the rope, and then they had to like oh. go in, yeah, and then in and out, and the guys were like throwing you over, thing bringing in yeah, and then uh, you were literally like a rag doll, like weekend at Bernie's. That's not, that was actually horrific, and I'm still angry about that. And it was dangerous, and it was bullshit, <laughs> and. Did my, I, I don't know whether my boobs came out. I felt like my boobs were just popping out all the time. Um, yeah, no, that was just, 
atrocious. I mean, I'd rather go and get beaten up on a Saturday night than ever do that again. Well, you did You did straight away after that, Would your, your confessional said that had I known that this was going to happen, I would have swum all the way back to Sydney and that would have been less torturous than that challenge. And, and I stand by that. That was horrific. That was, I actually think I've got PTSD from that. Oh, well, do I need to get those tissues all of a sudden? Am I need to quickly go get them? Well, the emergency wine, do we need no, to? Quickly? No, 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 it's, um, no, I'm still in shock about that. So I'm not ready to cry about it. <laughs> the, the challenge, the same episode, the, the immunity challenge, which ultimately uh, most of lose, which sends you to tribe where you get voted out, was the balance beam challenge. And David, because you all had to sort of shuffle across, get around you to put the uh, the coits, as we've discovered they were called, on this hook. Now, David Oldfield fell in about 18,000 times. Uh, he got past you every single time, but then he got to, to Justin and, and, you know, Elton and kind of things there. Do you, do you remember that at all? you remember getting frustrated? And also, was there any talk of, like, David, like, go to the end, like, like let me go first because you're just letting us down? Um, no. No, I don't. Uh, I don't recall too much of that. Like it's yeah, it's funny. It's like, I mean, so how long ago was it now? Fifteen Four, years. Fifteen years. And plus, Amber, let's be honest. Once you got voted out, you were just counting that extra cash you yeah. got from. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> you said you, you like my job's done, baby. I'm out of here. <laughs> Did you um, ever watch Anna Corner Cobra after that with your money in your hand going, sucker? Oh, yeah, I definitely did because I reckon, what you know, whatever I got was just like so much more than her and Enrique Iglesias. Yeah, her and Enrique Iglesias laying on their 20,000 oh, yeah. thread Egyptian oh, cotton sheets. Come and borrow some money from me, guys, anytime you want. In your face, Anna. Australian Open next year. Hey, Anna, you suck. Look at my cash. Who's laughing now, Anna? I wonder if Fiona would have tried to take Anna Kornikova down to the the water hole there and try to get her to strip off. That would have been interesting. Wow. Probably would have. And you know what? I probably just should have taken it as a compliment. But I was, as I said, I I had a lot of insecure dialogue and paranoia. So, Amber, Ben and I had a bit of a joke about this the other week when we were, we were recapping the, your ep, that episode um, and we were saying what, how awkward would it have been to say me and Ben were on the show <laughs> together and, and I, he takes me down to the water, water hole and next second he's just strips off naked and he's just got his slug just staring me right in the face. Like, what would I, what would I have done? And we, we, sort of, we, tried to, we tried to put ourselves in that same situation of <laughs> what it would have been if it was me and Ben there. Exactly. Well, and, I, and it would have also been really awful because you would have been like, you know, after the show it, 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 it finished, you'd be sitting there going, oh, God, we're going to get our nudes. So we're going to get, you know, we're going to be the stars of this episode. And they, you know, would have ended up on the cutting room floor probably. <laughs> Which, but the, the, the beauty of that scene, though, is that, like, the way I don't, I don't think it's edited that way. It's just your reaction. Here's Amber, you know, it's all hanging out. That's uh, not uh, sorry, uh, Fiona. Yeah. Thank you. All hanging out, free as a bird. And she's she's having this deep, meaningful, you know, conversation about strategy. You got this like awkward look after, like, oh, yeah, um, mm, yep, this is not awkward at all. <laughs> God, have you got that footage? Oh, absolutely. We we oh, we. Oh, I would love to see it. Yeah, it's oh, that um. Would be so funny because I was just. Like, oh, this is so awkward. Like, what is going? I am not to get my top off and swan oh. around like bloody, you know. Yeah, so, what's the name out of Sirens? Um, yeah, oh. that, that was. Yeah, I, I think that just falls under the banner of, um, you know, you've backed the wrong horse, Fiona. 
Wow. Yeah. No, well, it's entertaining. That That's all. And the only time that we've seen um, full frontal female nudity, I uh, mean, we've seen rear male nudity uh, on Australian Survivor. But, um, yeah. Oh, no, we saw rear. We saw, of course, Shona's butt on um, season one. But the night you go home, uh, ultimately, Justin's a bit shitty. He's, uh, you know, upset that you ultimately uh, flipped him on the last time. So he's going to side with... Uh, David and Elton, did, did you know you were going home or were you just, you didn't give a shit, you were hoping every night that you would go, oh, please let tonight be the well, night. <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely hoping that I was going to go home. But no, I don't think I ever um, voted against Justin. I thought Justin, Justin had told me that we were allies and that he was going to save me. So when I left, um, I obviously realised that he, that hadn't been the truth. And I probably should just correct myself when I've been saying that, you know, Justin's a basic actor. Um, that's actually not really fair because I genuinely thought that we were allies. So he obviously did a good enough acting job on me. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, seriously, I mean, you would think that I should get over it. I mean, he was just playing the game. It's just that I think, again, I think I kind of, um, you know, it, it, I, I felt at the time with things that were going on in my personal life that, I was sort of being used and abused a bit by a lot of people. And so, you know, Justin sort of playing me almost from day one um, and then to sort of what happened in the end, even though I did want to go, I, I didn't want to feel another sense of disloyalty because I was feeling very paranoid and insecure in my own life. So I, I guess that I've sort of hanging, I've hung on to or, or you know, um, perceived his betrayal as, you know, I mean, he was just playing the game. I get it. Was there um, any of that towards David and Elton too? Because, of course, they had basically said that we will keep you to the merge and then they basically re- – so, I mean, everyone in that situation had reneged on some sort of deal to you. Yeah, no, I didn't um, expect too much of those two. Um, well, no, of course I didn't expect from David. I mean, look, David's an interesting person. Um, um and, you know, and I, I mean that very genuinely. He's a very kind of unique kind of character. Um but of course, you know, I'd be pretty stupid. Like I, I wasn't so vulnerable at the time that I didn't realise that he was a politician and, you know, and I, I don't really have a, a high opinion on how poli- that most politicians behave. You know, there's so much snaky and passive aggressive and just winning the game. So I didn't, you know, in, in my memory, I don't remember being too shocked about that. I was probably a little bit hurt about Elton because he was such a, like I saw him as such a nice guy and, you know, not, you know, just, uh, yeah, I was just on the wrong page. Like I just kept forgetting that we were there to play a game rather than just, you know, hang out and be nice people to each other. <laughs> well, you were kind of, I mean, that situation we discussed it last week, like, I mean, if, if anything, you voting for Yona kind of sealed your fate because as soon as Mosho yeah. lose the next one, David and Elton really don't owe you anything. They were going to do anything to save themselves. Yeah. They did. They got saved. And Justin, at the end of the day, well, he felt betrayed. What can he do? And even if he had voted with you and you'd both voted for David, had there been a tie? I mean, we, we don't know what the tiebreaker situation would have been that early in the game. It hadn't really been disclosed. So, I mean, you really were kind of damned and, and stuck in a corner at that point had you lost. Yeah. And, and ultimately that's what happened. Well, and also, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm sure only Fiona would, would would appreciate this comment because, again, this is me forgetting that we're, we're actually playing a game and, you know, obviously all of this sort of can happen. But, you know, I guess what I did to Fiona, you know, karma came and, and did the same because I was surprised at, 
being knifed by Justin and she was surprised by being knifed by me. So, you know, karma is about actually having the exact same feeling as what you did to another person, which makes you learn how it feels. So, yeah, I mean, essentially, um, in my little spiritual game that I might have been playing, um, I, I got done by karma. It definitely was a big change in the game because if if Fiona didn't go home, it would have been David. And, and David goes on to be one of the, the biggest characters of this season. Like he really, and, and I think that's where David his best, you know, his best gameplay is, is even though he is a politician and, and at the start people would have had this idea about him, he does come across as a very likable guy. Even on the show, he, he speaks very well. Yeah. Um, and even Dicko, like at the start of the season, Dicko's really trying to like chip away at him. And by the end of it, it's almost like Dicko's in love with this bloke. But, and I guess that was a, I mean, I'm glad that David ended up lasting as long as he did and didn't yeah. go home early because he really does shape this game. Yeah, there is, um I mean, there's obviously parts of David that, you know, as I said, like when he first came, I knew him through his association with Pauline Hanson and, and whatever their party was called. And, and I thought that was all pretty grotesque. Um, but, um, and I didn't, you know, I, I still have, you know, when you ask me some questions about the challenges, I don't remember them, but then I will remember very clearly, like it was yesterday, you know, spooning in the wet sand, you know, with drops coming, you know, up, up, you know, overhead from the bloody banana leaves that were falling apart from this sort of shelter. You know, I do remember lying there and feeling very um, confronted by the conversations that the boys were having about farting and about sex and about riding women and all of this stuff. Like it was really, it was not appropriate conversation to be having in front of a woman um, when you're all alone. Like, thankfully, we live in a different time now and, and that literally would be just called out so much what I went through in that night. And even though I I'm, was pretty tough about it, I, I found that very unpleasant. But moving back to, so I didn't like that. And David was very, it was very Elton and David mainly in, in that rather than Justin. But um, David definitely has, um, you know, a lot of uh, his personality is actually very, very likable. And there's almost some little part in him that's almost like this very, vulnerable love loving little boy like there's something about um there's definitely something he's a very interesting man and there is definitely something likable about him and and so i understand what dicko probably you know and dicko is like a little boy too he's just like oh you know like me like me so he probably sort of looked up to david in some way it's interesting how you mentioned about some of that talk wouldn't fly today and and we've actually talked about that throughout this season that you, you can really tell this season was back in 2006 because even over in Kakula where obviously Gabrielle Richens is there she's a you know stunning beautiful girl model all that always in a bikini but even like with the guys in that there's a lot of comments and, and she laughs a lot of it often and she seems to you know by all means joking around she gets in on it too but you fast forward 15 years later to 2021 that stuff wouldn't fly now there's no way you could get away so I guess it does show it's a bit of a time capsule in the fact that what that era of time you you could or could not say on TV or, or in general. That's a really, really interesting um, perception. And, and um, yeah, I, I 100% true. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it really was a different era. And there was just so much that I think 
as a woman you had to put up with. And I would say, you know, Gabrielle, I mean, not saying, I mean, she might have genuinely been fine with, you know, comments from guys or whatever, but I think women in whatever role we played in life, whether it was me working in the music industry, you know, whether it was Gabrielle or Imogen, you know, being um, bikini models for, you know, for men's magazines, or whether you were, you know, an account manager in an advertising agency, there was a level of having to deal with and having to have resilience over very uncomfortable, very inappropriate male behaviour and male language around you. Like we all had to, in varying degrees, put up with the bullshit of men um, and... It's really, it is, it is interesting. It is, it, we're in an interesting era, era where, you know, uh, publicly certainly, you know, it's being exposed and, and, and uh, talked about. Privately, there's still a lot of bullshit going on, especially at places like advertising agencies, music industry, whatever. Like there's still lots of exposure points there. Um, but then there is also, you know, some situations where maybe because I'm 50 and I come from, a lot of those terrible eras that I think some of the stuff that, you know, maybe gets complained about is, is really a little too over the top. And it worries me that some men, you know, good men might be second guessing themselves in areas where they might not need to as much, you know? So it's, 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 it is, but that's always, that's always when change happens, yeah. it can be extreme and then it's got to be, um, you know, defined down to where it makes a little bit more sense and it relaxes, but it's also uh, more concrete in terms of this is what we accept. This is what we don't accept. Me lying, anyone lying on a beach in a reality TV show, unless it's something designed to be as trashy and as inappropriate as possible, I should not have had to be lying next to guys talking about riding women and, you know, all of that sort of, you know, mm. it, was, it was it was pretty disgusting. And, I, and, and also I kind of questioned myself, which a lot of other women I think would understand this feeling of, I questioned myself whether I was being too precious. Mm. It's, yeah. it's it's really interesting to hear that side of things. And one thing I know, I uh, spoke to Imogen briefly last year when we spoke to her for the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame, and she briefly had mentioned that her part of her accepting coming on to Celebrity Survivor was that she wasn't going to be the token bikini woman. She didn't want to be flaunted out there in a bikini on the beach. Like, she was completely against that. And, yeah. and ultimately she sort of mentioned that, you know, Gabrielle Richards clearly was that person because we've commented a lot on our recaps that, you know, it's almost like Gabrielle Richards' body bingo. Like the, the editors are going out of their way to show her, you know, sauntering on the beach and all these kind of things, which, I mean, it's a, it's a stark contrast to today. Whereas, I mean, I would almost say in Australian Survivor now, it's a complete opposite. They're, they're doing it with the, the men. It's kind of like they're not even, they won't even show like a, a woman on the beach now in a bikini. It's, it's the complete opposite. So it's yeah. interesting. And, and it's, it's definitely like, as Matt said, it is a bit of a time capsule watching this because Matt and I are constantly going, well, yeah, no, th that's not appropriate. I mean, mm. not that it was appropriate back then, but mm. it's, we're more educated now. It's more in the limelight where we can sit here and go, no, that's not okay. Whereas back then we weren't saying that. And I think that you're, you're spot on Ben about being educated. I think back in the day, you know, even though, like you said, it's inappropriate, but, but women were more likely to, to laugh it off and guys could think that they could, it was okay. And they could go, oh, well, they're laughing about it. They're having a joke. They're on a joke. Where now, especially, 
you know, men, but women that are educated will don't take that. They speak up more and, and guys now know that, well, you can't just say that and think they're going to laugh it off because they're not going to laugh it off. They're going to speak yeah. up. And I think that's the difference between now and then. Yeah, and I think also in, in terms of that grey area that we're talking about, you know, um, you know, for me, like, for instance, like you said, like, as I said, I don't watch Survivor. I don't know what goes on, you know, how they shoot women. But if they are being um, very protective of, of women, then I would kind of be interested to know, okay, is that because that woman is uncomfortable? Like, or are you not shooting her going for a swim because that's sexist, then that also could be a little crazy and over the top because you're on a beach, you know, we, we know you people wear bikinis, like we shouldn't be getting, you know, but going up, you know, up and doing a bum, like, you know, married at first sight, so embarrassed that I'm saying that I watch it. You mentioned it twice sight. now, Amber, that's past your quota. You're only allowed to mention it once in this show. <laughs> Okay, so basically I have absolutely no integrity in this entire talk. But <laughs> let me just use a little example there, if I may have just walked past the television at one point. But there was like one of the girls, um, you know, was, was they were about to get in a spa or whatever they were doing. And, oh no, going down the beach. Anyway, she had um, this tiny, you know, gorgeous sort of very 1980s style bikini in that there wasn't much of it. The cat, and also was like right up her ass, like you know, g-string. So essentially, just bum. And you know, fine if that's if that's if that's her bikini of choice. But the camera, of course, is like you know, he's over there. I will just be here as this we start this scene. And I just thought, okay, you, that's trashy. If she chooses to wear that, fine. Like that's that's her decision. You being right there, I'm sorry, I see you. But then the other thing is. Um, I saw on Instagram during the week Chelsea Handler um, skiing topless in a, um, a tiny little bikini and she had her nipples, um, it was something about like she was something, it was, I mean, I think there was some purpose but, you know, she had an American and Canadian flag, you know, kind of covering her nipples, right? Can't remember what the point of it was but, I mean, Chelsea loves her body. She's got a great body. That's good. You know, we should love our bodies. But I kind of, it, it just, I was sort of like, oh, wow, I'd love to go. I mean, I don't even, I can't ski to save myself. But if I could ski, God, I'd love to do it topless and, and with a little thing like that. But, you know, but and, and so her putting it on Instagram really stands out so much in this day and age, not because there's not like a million girls doing selfies and bikini stuff, but but it's just this very sort of, it was very sexy. Um, it reminded me of the old, you know, the 70s and 80s kind of thing. And I thought, well, good on you. You love your body. You're not worried about shocking people. And why can't we all, like, if you like your body and you feel free and it would be a lovely experience to be naked, like, but I think that would cause a lot of controversy. Well, I, I'm proud to say, Amber, that um, I've gotten naked three times on Instagram, once because of this show, I will say, thanks. I to, think uh, I've seen one. you. Yeah, sorry for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so no. How was that direct message you sent me, I think? Yeah, oh, Amber, sure, she's like, I'm married now. <laughs> Shit, oh. I'm going to get into trouble. Oh, I knew it. people said it would last more than two months, but I guess they've lost that bet. It's so. quite long for a relationship now. But yeah, it is. <laughs> so, Amber, if they ever do a, a celebrity version of Married at First Sight, you seem to be a fan. Any chance of maybe seeing you on that show? Do you know what? Um, no. 
But, um, <laughs> how, much, how much are you getting paid, though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you, exactly. Yeah, let's talk money first. No, <laughs> no, but I have to be honest. Um, I have watched it a, a, a little bit. Obviously, it's only just started. And I feel like so far um, there's a lot of genuine people on there that I really feel that, that they're genuinely looking for love. And I guess I... You know, I, I am someone that knows that it is not hard to find the perfect person for you. Um, and I just, there was more of me kind of accepting going, why not? Like, you know, like instead of being horrified last time that, oh my God, what you're just, you're going to marry a stranger that, you know, just trashes the sanctity sanctity of, of marriage and, you know, but this time I'm a bit like, that's such a bad idea. <laughs> and then I was like, no. No. Well, may, maybe if we ever run out of options and we have to do Married at First Sight archives and when you've got your husband on there one day, we can do that. Mm-hmm. A couple of quick fire questions before we let you go, Amber. Yeah. Um, you mentioned last time that you would never do this again, but I did love your quote where you said that I would be fucking brilliant at it if I did do it again. Now, you, you're obviously, you know. the end of the bottle of wine. Probably. <laughs> okay. But, but you know, we can see it. We can see how that would improve. But, I mean, what would the fee be? I think you mentioned 30000 was your fee last time. Are we talking 300000 if Channel 10 gave you a phone call or something like that? Oh, so, oh, sorry. I've just got stuck on the, I'd be fucking brilliant. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, like, what a wacker. What, what part of it would you be brilliant? Okay, no, because I because I know what I would have said that. I would have been, I, I, I'm good at reading, very good at reading people and playing people. And I don't have all this nervous insecurity going around. So I'd be much sharper and clearer. I'd still be shit in the water. So I wouldn't be bloody brilliant at it. So that was the wine talking. Um, and Amber, if, if you do go back on, can you please wear that Batman shirt that you're wearing right now? Yes. I love it on. It, you look perfect in it. Yeah, it's good. It makes <laughs> me feel powerful. Um, um, no, there is no, there's still no, no, there's still no amount of money that I wouldn't, no, no, no. And also I just sort of think I am not, I don't believe, <laughs> um, I'll probably end up uh, regretting this and being sounding like a hypocrite. I don't really believe reality t- TV for me is where I'm at this far down the line. Mm. It was barely where I was at minus the, the desire to get some money and I didn't have much going on at the much time. No, I, I can't see me doing it. I definitely want to talk about your book before you oh, let yeah. you go because, of course, we, we did talk about that last time and, and that was a while ago, so we definitely want to see where that's up to. But... Obviously, you know, you got the money from the show and all that, but did anything else come from it? Like, were you looking for anything to come from it? Um, oh, after yes, the absolutely something came. Well, gosh, 100%. And I'm glad you asked that because it's a nice story. I can't remember whether I t- told it last time, but um, um, so I didn't think anything really had come of it until I was literally... I was still, so I'm not sure that the, no, the show must have come out, but I was still, there was a lot of things happening in my personal life and, you know, I wasn't in a great place and I'd left, you know, some media jobs and what have you. So I was feeling a bit like shit, like I'm like, I've done this show and like, you know, and and, and I've got no real job, I've got no anything, you know. So I was pretty desperate and really down on my luck and I, 
had always had actually some of the survivor gang had said you really should be you know try radio if you thought of that and i was like oh you know a few people have you know friends tell me you know that i should do that and but i'd never really kind of taken it seriously and i always in my head was very much hearing this voice saying no that's for other people no you wouldn't get that no one of you want you on radio and blah 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 anyway so because i was really at such a sort of low point and i really just thought like nobody was interested or cared about me whatsoever I sent it, I decided to track down the name of the biggest, uh, you know, the big boss at Southern Cross Old Stereo. And I thought, right, well, I'm just going to send him an email just saying, hi, look, you probably don't know who I am, but my name's Amber. I've done this and this and this. And look, I, you know, just love to sort of throw my name in the hat, you know, if you're ever looking for, you know, a female radio talent or whatever I said. And I just sent it off and I just kind of went, oh, well, there you go. You know, I've had a crack. I've done what I can. I'm sure I won't hear back from him. And then two days later, I got a reply, which I, I literally almost fell off my chair. I just couldn't believe that he'd come back. And I really braced myself for him to say, you know, politely, thanks, but no thanks. And he'd obviously, it was, it was sort of showing some interest. And by the time I, when I ended up sitting down with him, because he was he was quite interested in, in me as, as radio talent or to trying it out, he said um, that his one of his favourite producers, who ended up being my radio producer, had watched the series and had said to her, said to him, um, oh, yeah, she's really cool and, and chicks love her. Wow. And I was like... I don't know that that's true, but wow. <laughs> so she, yeah, so unwittingly um, this, you know, very influential, fantastic woman in radio had then mentioned me um, to literally the most powerful guy in FM radio and that began the journey of me ending up doing radio and and broadcasting and, you know, for, you know, podcasts and talk back and, you know, becoming a huge part of my life. Wow, Emma, I, I've been sending that guy emails for 17 years. He's never bloody replied to me. You got one in two days. so Replied to Well, he's actually not there anymore, but he was tough to get into and he was always getting emails. Um, wow. See, Matt, so I need to get on Survivor, get, you know, last two days like you, and then maybe he'll know who I am. So, you know, that yeah, works. But you, know, but you know what? I have obviously because, you know, there's been so much reality TV in the last 15 years, Um it's anyone that thinks that they're going to get an ongoing gig um, from a TV show, they're probably kidding themselves because it is, it is, it has become very much a 15 minutes. And unless you're really smart and you have something unique to offer and you shake that reality image and you just get down to the basics of, I'm a good presenter, I'm a good... So people forget that and just see you as legitimately good at whatever that role is. Um, you, yeah, you're kidding yourself. It, it doesn't... I don't think it works. Because so cause the path, the opposite path is, is you either get a good career at Southern Cross or Stereo or you get voted off Survivor <laughs> after two days you end up fucking doing a podcast with me. So that's <laughs> that's kind of... The, 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 the put, just, put, just put me out of the... Just put me out of my misery now, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Amber, we know we've got to go. I've got three super quick questions for you, all right? This is the super quick fire ones. Now, we had um, David Mason ask, uh, tell us a story about a contestant who went to Dicko's room after they were voted out. They oh. did a massive turd, blocked his toilet up and left. David wouldn't tell us who it was. We're asking everyone, was that you, Amber? Yes, it was. Really? <laughs> Wow, that's a quick question. Wow, okay. 
All right. Wow. Maybe we're going to have to keep you for an extra five minutes. Slightly slightly exaggerated. (laughs) I was not expecting this. Wait, wait. Okay. I was not. (sighs) I think it was me. Okay. I don't. I remember I went to his um, to his because we we'd arranged to go out for dinner. He, like he was gorgeous. He's like, you've got to come out for dinner. You've done so well, blah blah blah. So I went to his um, uh, hotel room. You know, obviously nothing sleazy, whatever. And I well, I think it was before I even got my own room or something. Like because I literally I was that fresh off the off the island. And so I had a shower and I remember having this magnificent experience in his bathroom because it was the first time I washed my hair. I had all my girly products. I had a mirror um, and I put my white dress on and I remember looking in the mirror and I, you know, I was like so slim but golden and suddenly all of the ugliness and, and you know, uh, detoxification that goes on, you know, on, on the show, um, I'd, I'd come good. And I remember just going, oh, my God, I've never looked so good in my entire life. So I was having a bit of a moment with myself in, in the bathroom. Um, of course, you know, Dicko, bless him, you know, bought me a packet of Winfield that I probably <laughs> smoked my way through by the end of, you know, practically dinner. Um, so I felt like shit and looked like shit by the next morning. But, I mean, I probably may have done a poo, but the reason why I say, yes, it was me, was because I found out later that he had said that about me on his radio, national radio show, I think it was National <laughs> Sydney, and I was friggin' mortified. Wow. Because I, I just thought, I'm a, and, this, um, and my boyfriend at the time heard it through someone or somehow it came through, you know, this the guy that I was saying. So I was really embarrassed because I'm not a... I'm not a, you know, talk poo, you know, fart type of girl. Like the, all of that's like, I'm a bit girly like that. I'm like, eh, we don't do any of that. You know, girls don't fart. They don't do, you know, poo. So I was mortified. Anyway, so I sent a text message to Dicko saying, did you really say this about me? Because I can take a lot of jokes, but it was just that particular thing and thinking people were thinking that of me. It just didn't sit well with me now, uh, with me then. And, um, yeah, so I had a crack at him in the in the text message because, of course, we were on a really, you know, nice sort of thing. And I know now I was early to radio too, so I didn't see that, of course, it's so typical of radio people to go, here's something shocking and inappropriate and, oh, no. You know, he was just doing his job and clearly running out of things to say if that was actually supposed to be a good, what they call in radio, rave. Um, anyway, he ended up sending me a big bunch of flowers. And, Aww. And a well, he, knew he'd be, he knew he'd been cheap. So, yeah, so bottom line is I would assume he didn't make that up completely, though working in radio, as you guys would probably know, it gets to a point when you've run out of so many stories, you do start making shit up or you start telling Literally. stories that someone else. Yeah. Um, Which is, I, stealing I mean, stories. So I think maybe I did a big poo in his toilet, but it's very unlike me to forget. But as I said, I was so busy having a moment with myself in that mirror that I may have forgotten that I had a little flow it's, to it's go. So I was not in a million years, like when I asked you that question, thinking it would be you. My my money was on Justin. I think Matt's was on Guy. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. Jeez. Oh Oh, you gen- I, I thought, oh, here we go. They, you know, they- that, that was a quick no. mystery gone, Matt. Wow. 
I'm surprised Jeez. Ben even asked you. We were going to save it for later on. And, and no, ask no, well, I'm glad I've done my job. Uh, Amber, again, really quickly, your book, is it out? You mentioned last time we, we yeah. interviewed you that it was coming out in 2020. Is it out? Can people get it? Okay, so uh, my book, which is called This Is Not A Love Song, um, which is available for pre-ordered now um, uh, through Booktopia, it is coming out officially on the 26th of April. Great. Um, which is very exciting. And I've, I'm, I'm launching it by um, being a Stella Magazine cover girl with a feature Ooh. story in it. So Ooh. I'm... Yeah, I know. I mean, seriously, I, I, I. This celebrity again, gig's paying off. Anna, who? Anna Corner, what? What's the name? Fifteen years later, I finally got myself a magazine cover. Bloody so. hell! Well done. Good job. Final I'm question, very- Amber. The token yeah. Mary question. I know yeah. she's a Tasmanian girl. Have you been to Tasmania with her? If so, what's your favourite spot in Tasmania? Oh yes, I've been. It's the only. Re- well, I shouldn't say the only reason why I've been to Tasmania, but I, I went to Tasmania <laughs> and. I've always been to Tasmania predominantly with her because of her and with her and only one time for work. Um, oh, God, Tasmania is unbelievable. Um, oh, we, or I will say I had an experience of going down the Gordon River on yep. this in, on this magnificent boat that we were sleeping on and, and having dinner on. And we pulled up uh, for the night outside a place called Hell's Gate, which I was just frigging terrified about because apparently there's like, you know, convicts lived there and it was very brutal times. It's a few horror movies I believe have been set there. So they have, yeah. yeah. So yep. I was like, why on earth is the whole river? Why are we pulling up here? I'm going to sleep with bloody one eye open all night. Um, but, yes, I think the, the Gordon River and I've got a, Big soft spot for the Salamanca markets. Ah, oh, good answer. There you go. You're taking uh, me yeah. back. Amber, I've only been to Launceston, so that I doesn't really don't count know. as Tasmania. That's oh, me. no, it does. Launceston, actually, sorry, I've been to lot. Yeah, there's two times, yeah, that were non-my um, friend related and Launceston, um, Launceston and, and the Gorge and, and all of the, you know, they've got a couple of really old pubs there. Beautiful. Okay, you, you said you said Meredith's first sight a couple of times. Any saying Launceston's beautiful land, but we're out of time. Um, I, I, I will say that uh, I've had fun until that part, um, and uh, we really do appreciate your time and coming back. I and like, I get, I told you, I get boring when I don't drink. Yeah, well, you know, you, you I mean, you, I think you are drunk. You're saying Launceston's beautiful, but uh, in, in all seriousness, it. I mean, we were so looking forward to getting you back on and talking. We had a blast last time, and. I, I know that this was one of the ones I was definitely looking forward to the most. So I, I will say, and I'll hand it over to Matt to wrap it up, but uh, I enjoyed every second of this one until the final few. So thank you very much, Amber, for joining us. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I've, I love the first one and I love the second one. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll second what, what Ben says. You're an absolute hoot every time we get you on. I love hearing all your stories. I love finding out that possibly the toilet incident may have been you, but... Um, Honestly, Amber, I wish you all the best for your book coming out and uh, I'll definitely be uh, getting it myself. So I think you are. You're a fascinating person. I'm, I'm definitely going to be interested to see what uh, what you're like as an author. Thank you. And I'm really looking forward to listening to this series and I'm definitely interested in listening to Fiona. Um, there's a few I probably won't bother, but, yeah, there's a few that I will. But, yeah, good good on you. It's um, it's awesome. Thank you for having me back. And there we go, Amber Petty. Uh, I wasn't lying at all when I just said then that uh, I was easily one of the uh, the biggest interviews I was looking forward to. I had a blast with uh, her back on the Oz Network for our backdoor pilot. And uh, 
Didn't disappoint, Matt Dyson. Another another great one for the books. Absolutely, Ben. I mean, you could almost have Amber on every week. And I, I don't think you'd ever get sick of it. And just for our listeners too, if I, I really suggest they actually go back and listen to the, the original one we did. It was a bit longer. Um, we go in depth about other things and, um, you know, we cover off on different things. So I definitely, if you really like this interview, I, I highly suggest going back and actually listening to that Oz Network interview we did with her. 100%. And I, I'm not one to really go back and listen to uh, interviews and episodes. I often get people commenting and saying, oh, you remember this interview you did with somebody? And I'm sure I, I barely remember that I'm doing this one right now. But uh, I did re-listen to that one, uh, you know, not that a couple of days ago. Um, and it was really entertaining. It was really good. And I think the, the, the issue that I think I came into this interview was, was trying not to repeat everything that was said in that interview. And to be fair, I think we did quite well in the fact that Amber talked a lot more about her own personal life and, and things outside of Survivor and kind of how it really made her feel. Whereas this time around, we covered a lot more of the Survivor side of things. And I think that kind of, you know, they, they complement each other. There's mm. definitely, I think, a bit more in the background of how she got on the show as well that first time around in the Oz Network. So, and it's a good show, the Oz Network. I hear that host is devilishly <laughs> handsome. I know it's been a while since I've been on it, Ben. I don't seem to get a call up anymore for it. But I tell you what. I'm glad we did do this interview because it looks like we may have uh, found the answer to a long lost question that we've been, uh, we've been trying to find Ben. I am still bewildered because like, I honestly like legitimately thought to myself, like, Oh, I will throw this question out of the way. Like she's going to answer a no and we'll gel over it. But like, Holy crap, like literally Holy crap. Um, like we may have found, I, th- I feel like we can still maybe like, I f- it might even be a save to Dicko one. Cause I, I kind of feel like Amber was confident enough. And if Dicko's telling it on radio, then I mean, clearly that I feel that's where David Mason's gotten the story from. I don't know if David Mason was there in the hotel room at the same time, but may- maybe we'll flick David a quick little message and be like, so Amber's admitted it was her. Is it her? And, and I think too, cause Amber did, she admitted that, well, she, she said that she was in his hotel room and in his bathroom. So I yeah. mean, um, you know, she was getting herself all done up and the, the time came and it happened and um, and like like Amber said, it possibly left a floater. I, I want to destroy the illusion of podcasting and radio magic here right now by kind of retconning something that people listening to this are going to hear in about two weeks' time. Uh, we, we will have the pleasure of having Wayne Gardner on this show after next week's episode, of course, which uh, details his vote out. And uh, in that episode we will ask Wayne if it was him who did the poo because uh, again to spoil the magic of this we did record Wayne's interview before Amber's interview so therefore that's to kind of make the timeline so I'm, I'm a guy of consistency Matt I like to try and uh you know make things make sense so uh, just if people sort of listen to that in a couple of weeks and maybe wonder why we're asking that question even though we just said we might not but uh there's a there's a bit of a teaser for you for that one but speaking of teasers next week we'll be back for our episode five recap and uh Matt Dyson, this is this is probably the biggest episode of the season. I I think it's got the biggest thing that happens next week. I uh, even more so than the twist because, let's be honest, we're not going to be favourable on the twist. David gave his reasons for it, and fair enough. But uh, if this season has got one thing that's wrong with it, it is that twist. So uh, next week, to me, it's the it's the key move of the entire season. What happens at the end of next week sets up this entire season for what we've got and. Uh, I've won. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Absolutely, Ben. It's a it's a big blindside, isn't it? Obviously, we were talking with Amber about the Fiona blindside, but uh, yeah, we get it. We get what. Oh, you said it like the biggest blindside of the season, and it does set up where this game goes. And obviously, there's more twists and stuff that happens. But uh, 
it's 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 a big episode. And once again, with two, we see Moso, we see a lot of Moso, we see what's going on in their tribe, and uh, mate, a lot to cover. That's for sure. Come for the blind side, stay for the Elton loves his steak. That's all I uh, will say to you there. Big thanks once again to Amber for her time. It is always a pleasure to get any guest on this show and uh, we definitely appreciate them giving their time to chat about it and we also appreciate your time at home for listening to this. As we always say in these interviews as well, remember if you are listening to this part and maybe you have not watched the video side of it, you can go onto our YouTube channel, watch this interview with Amber. Of course, there was a few little visual things that we did in that episode, so therefore add a little bit of an element to it. So uh, while you're there, subscribe to us on YouTube to stay up to date with these. And of course, subscribe to our uh, podcast channels as well, where, where all good podcasts are available. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, stay up to date. And we definitely would love to stay up to date with you. I will say that we're going to close this out right now. As promised, as we said in this interview, the Mavises cry. Holy crap, 1998 is calling. I think it was around about then. Jesus Christ, I was 11 years old. I remember this song. And, and Matt, you've never even heard of this song. So maybe it will uh, tickle the memory bone in your head in just a second here. My name is Ben, and I am going to go clear my uh, message history with Amber. <laughs> I want to know what pics you're sending her, Ben. I'm a little bit jealous here. I don't get any of these pics. But, well, uh... if you really want to see Matt Tyson... <laughs> Mate, I still don't know what this Mavis song, Mavis is, is it? What, what the Mavis's, song is. So just yeah. wait here. I'm, I'm hearing it now. Oh.